everyone. I'm Jim Santos, and this is the International Living Podcast. In this podcast series, we introduce you to a bigger world full of communities that are safe, welcoming, beautiful, and sometimes undiscovered. A better world, too. A friendly, warm, great value world where you can live richer, travel more, invest for profit, and enjoy a better life. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the International Living Podcast. This episode is special to me for two reasons. First of all, this is our 52nd episode of the International Living Podcast. That's right, we are officially one year old today. I'd like to thank our listeners for their support and their comments, and we'll try to make our second year even better than the first. The other reason is today's topic is an important one for seniors and involves an activity my wife and I also enjoy, dancing. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't have the moves of Fred Astaire. In fact, I don't even have the grace of Fred Flintstone. But Rita and I have enjoyed ballroom dancing classes as a way to get exercise, become closer as a couple, and just plain have fun. Our guest today, International Living contributor Ann Kuffner, has another good reason to put on your dancing shoes. She wrote the article, The Exercise That Staves Off Dementia and Alzheimer's, in the October 2023 edition of International Living Magazine. And she joins us today from San Miguel de Allende in the Mexico Highlands. And welcome back to the International Living Podcast. My pleasure. It's always fun to talk to you, Jim. Now, last time we talked, it was about wine. This time it's about dancing. Is life just one big bacchanalia for you there in Mexico? <laughs> well, not all people think that exercise is is fun, you know, right. um, from my perspective. <laughs> A bacchanal, you know, but, but I will say... On that note, um, I've always liked to combine the two. When I was living in California and I used to be, you know, a biker, um, I actually used to do biking tours where we would bike around in the wine country. And after <laughs> we did our biking, then we would drink wine. So why not? You know, right. I don't. The more wine you that, drink, the better you dance, right? There's no reason, <laughs> you know, to not combine those things and exercise shouldn't be punishment, you know. Now, in the article that you wrote, The uh, Exercise That Stays Off Dementia and Alzheimer's, you mentioned a 21-year study that was published in New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, can you tell us right. a little bit about that study? You know, it's been a while since I looked at the details of that study. Actually, I reviewed quite a few studies uh, while I was writing this article, which, geez, when was it published now? I think it was earlier in the year. I don't remember all the details. I think I was just reading the, the article again yesterday, but I think that particular study was focused on people from 75 to 85, mm -hmm. which is what was really interesting to me that because that's truly getting into an elderly crowd. But I actually read quite a few articles. This one was the most specific for dancing, but there's so many other articles that, you know, talk about the benefits of any type of exercise in terms of helping you. It's just that, you know, it's helping your um, long-term health, et cetera. Usually it's focused on the heart and what I liked about this one is that it was focused more on the brain and the aging of the brain. And, hmm. you know, part of the history of this, of course, is my husband and I um, take classes uh, here uh, at the only Arthur Murray ballroom in Mexico, at least at this point in time. And our teacher, you know, she's in her late 40s and she used to be a teacher 
in Ohio, I think. And she was the one that first said to me, you know, there's so many health benefits of dancing that go beyond the other types of exercises that you do. And um, so she's the one that starts saying, you should do more research on this. And she sent me two articles. But, you know, uh, I think one of the things that's very interesting about dancing compared to other types of exercises is that it's kind of comprehensive. It gets the heart from the standpoint of getting your heart rate up. It gets, you know, the brain from the standpoint of you have to, you know, if you're doing the, you know, depending on the type of dancing you're doing, most dancing, you have to be able to learn some types of patterns. So right. you have to remember the pattern. As you know, my husband is, it's gotten a lot harder for him to remember those patterns as he's gotten older, but I'm, you know, we do it every week. And then the other thing is that it's very social. And those are the three things that when you put them together, when you read any article on aging and how you can keep your mind active and, and put off dementia, those are the three things that are mentioned. You know, aerobic exercise, any kind of mental activity where you have to learn new things, and then also socializing and making sure that you continue to have a socially active life. And we found that in dancing for us, you know, we definitely get all three of those things. And, and so that's one of the benefits. Because obviously, you know, there's there's all kinds of other wonderful exercise you can do that's easier. I mean, we walk a lot and walking is easy and you don't need to memorize patterns and you can do it anywhere. So I'm a big proponent of walking and other types of activities. But uh, for us, and then oh, the other thing about dancing is you've got music. So right. the impact of the music on your brain is also very beneficial. So it's just, you know, it's harder um, to find a dance class and a means to dance unless you're just kind of booking in your own uh, in your own house um, to music that you like. Mm -hmm. But um, it definitely has a broader range of benefits. And there are now quite a few articles out there about that. You know, the study that you cited says that there's a 76% uh, risk reduction. Yeah. For, for these people who dance, that's pretty significant risk reduction. It's pretty significant, but I think it also is based upon dancing regularly. In right. other words, if you only dance a half hour, um, you know, every couple of weeks, you know, you're still going to have benefit, but it's not going to be mm -hmm. as deep of a benefit as if you're doing it on a regular basis. You know, like for me, even though I love ballroom dance with my husband, I've been like a dance aerobics person for many, many years. So that's part of why I talked about in the article that if for people who don't have a partner and who don't really want to have to pay to learn uh, complicated patterns that you would see in ballroom dancing, you know, something like Zumba for me is, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love it here because I could do it outside. You know, we do it outside too. Right. The guy that teaches it here, he does it in the park. And oh my gosh, there's probably at least 50 to 100 people there every week of all ages, locals. And expats, you know, I get such a kick out of these guys. There's a couple guys in there that are in their late 70s. And I have one friend who is 86 and he still does it. He doesn't move a lot, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the guys doesn't follow the patterns at all, mm -hmm. you know, but but they have a good time and they socialize and, and they're moving and, uh, it, and it's always a fun environment. So there's a lot of different ways to do dancing depending upon where you live, of course. Right. But for the benefits that we're talking about, we're not talking about the kind of dancing where you just kind of get up and gyrate randomly. Uh, we're talking about the more stylized ballroom dancing or Latin dancing, where there are certain steps and you're working with a partner. Well, I would say they all have benefit. I mean, that was part of the thing in my, that I was trying to get across 
in my article, because we have quite a few friends here who dance all the time, but they don't do any. I mean, they dance together, but not as a, you know, I mean, they're a couple, but they aren't connected and they're not Mm -hmm. doing patterns. They're just doing their own thing, kind of like we did in more in the 70s. And they're getting plenty of benefit. They're not getting as much benefit, mm-hmm. but they're getting a lot of benefit. Yeah, I have to say, but you know, my wife and I both have had ballroom dancing lessons and have enjoyed doing it, going out to social events where a lot of clubs will have like a monthly party where right. we just get together and, and dance. And right. it's amazing how much exercise it is trying to do like a swing dance for three minutes or a cha-cha oh for, for four minutes. Or salsa. Or salsa, oh. yeah. It, it is oh quite an aerobic exercise. It's very, if you do those kinds of dances, it's really aerobic. You know, when I do my Zumba or my online aerobics class here, which I do at the house, my heart rate doesn't typically go up over like 125 beats per minute. But when I'm at a, you know, when I'm doing our private class at um, Arthur Murray, my husband usually dances with the teacher and then I dance with the pro because I'm more advanced than he is. And my heart rate is up considerably higher dancing that way in a couple's dance, especially with salsa that like the songs tend to be very long. Long, Yeah. and they're long, but swing, East Coast swing, which is Mike's and my favorite dance, you get a really good workout with that. You talked about walking as a form of exercise too, but like you say, the dancing actually combines music with repeated patterns. And right. uh, to really enjoy it, you try to intermingle those patterns also. Right. Some of the things that have been found to help stave off dementia are music, either singing or learning another instrument, learning a foreign language. You know, in a way, music is a foreign language, right? They have to learn. That's true. And then the the dancing, that mental activity. So you you have something that combines a lot of different factors. Right. That's true. And, you know, when I was writing the article, I was thinking about, okay, how many people will this apply to? Because for us, you know, my husband and I actually met dancing. We used to West Coast swing dance like 30 years ago Mm -hmm. um, when we were living in California and we met at a West Coast Swing da- uh, conference, actually. Um, and so we've danced together off and on different periods of our life for most of the time we've been together. But when we moved to Belize, I kind of assumed, okay, Belize is on the border with Mexico. I thought they'll probably have um, Latin dances there, but they didn't. You know, mm-hmm. they they had, we had very little opportunity to dance there. And, you know, we lived there for 10 years. So it was really a big disappointment. There was some fun dances that they were more like beach dances, dancing in the sand with a live band to rock and roll. But that wasn't on a regular, you know, it wasn't all the time. There wasn't the opportunity to do that all the time. Whenever we could, we would do that. But to be able to learn other types, you know, to actually learn how to do different kinds of dances or, you know, I knew how to do salsa already. Mike did not. Mm -hmm. But I was shocked that there was no, there wasn't salsa music there. And, um, you know, that wasn't the main reason that we left Belize, but it was one of many reasons. And I realized there's going to be a lot of places that people move to that won't necessarily have a diversity of different types of dancing. And that's part of why I wanted to mention that even if you just, there's a lot, during COVID, so many online classes became popular and I found one or two that I liked and it's pretty cheap. You know, I pay, I think, $10 a month to be able to access this online dance aerobics program mm-hmm. uh, that I do a couple times a week. And in the privacy of my home where nobody can see me, you know, right. 
I don't, and then I can do it any time of day that I want, or, you know, whenever it's convenient, uh, when, when Mike heads out to do a, a task or whatever, I uh, can put my uh, dance aerobics class on and do it there. So there's a lot more options of ways to dance mm-hmm. than there was in the past. I think that COVID actually helped with that. And, you know, you don't have to, there's patterns in that kind of a dance class. I mean, if you're living in a part of the world where they're, you know, let's just as an example, and I don't know if this is is even relevant, but if you were like someplace like Boquete, Panama, um, it's kind of more out in the middle of nowhere. Do they have dance classes and dance halls there? I have no idea, mm-hmm. but I would guess that maybe they, if they do, there wouldn't be very many options, but you would still have access to the internet. And, and actually all kinds of ballroom dancing is taught on the internet as well. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's kind of hesitant and they just want to give it a try, they can go put something on, you know, on the internet and check it out. Some of the basic steps and stuff and try it without anybody even seeing them. So they don't have to be embarrassed. Yeah. You mentioned the cost. I was going to talk to you about that. When we started ballroom dancing classes, we were in a small town in West Virginia and mm-hmm. there was a ballet school that also taught different types of dance. And you could sign up for a six week course is like uh, 80 or $90 a couple for a six week right. course. Then we moved to Ecuador for six years and we couldn't find any ballroom dancing. There was only salsa, right? right? We came mm-hmm. back to the U S and Knoxville started looking around at the dance schools here. And we were surprised. Uh, one school quoted us a yearly price for a uh, Foxtrot rumba, cha-cha swing and waltz that for what they were asking, we told them we could actually fly to Vienna and stay for a couple of months and learn how to waltz there and then come back. What's the uh, cost like for the dance classes? Well, it, it varies drastically. Um, you know, we were in the Bay Area when, when we started dancing and there were so many different options there. We used to do, it kind of partially depends upon whether you're doing group classes or private classes and whether mm-hmm. you're taking classes from a local or from a pro that's come from the United States. And now we're taking classes at Arthur Murray, and I'll tell you, that's the most expensive way to go. But we're doing private classes, and, and we're, we've are we become very serious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's but that's not what my friends do, and if they all of them do. And, and if they ask me for advice, I try to figure out what their motivation is. If they just want to learn how to do the salsa so they can go to clubs, then I say, well, find one of the local uh, classes that are in town where maybe they charge you, you know, three to five dollars for a group class. There might be 10 people in the class and then you learn the basics. Um, and a lot of times the teacher will then do group excur- excursions to the local clubs mm-hmm. and uh, where you get a chance to dance with your instructor when you go there. So a lot of people do that here in San Miguel because salsa, uh, salsa, bachata, and um, cumbia, those are the most popular dances in the clubs. And we have quite a few clubs here. They're really popular. And so most of the matter of fact, a lot of those venues, the bars and stuff will have a free class before the live band starts. So most of my friends, I mean, not most of them, because I have a lot of friends at Arthur Murray, but a lot of my friends who enjoy dancing take classes that way. They don't want to learn ballroom. They just want to learn Latin. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely no reason for them to commit to a long-term program. But for us, you know, Mike and I, because we've been dancing all of our lives, and as you know, you know, because you've, you've been dancing with your wife for quite a long time, you know that as a couple... When you've danced together a long time, 
you can have some differences in your approach and how you want to do things and how you feel about the dancing. And I, I like to joke that um, our dance teacher is actually our dance couples therapist. <laughs> 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 because, you know, for so long, we stopped dancing when we were on the island, you know, we we're in Ambergris Key. And then we came here and my husband was remembering all the steps, some of the steps differently. Right. And I was remembering them. And I didn't want to get into a difference of opinion with him on that. So I would let the teacher always tell us the proper way to do things and to stay on the beat because that's important to me. But we, you know, when we first started at Arthur Murray, I just wanted to learn the Latin dances. And then um, as we got into it, and we found that that was a really nice community. I'd never gone to that kind of a thing in in, uh, the States. I'd never gone to uh, an Arthur Murray. But here, it's a real community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with us doing some shows and stuff, what we it, it just it became such a fun environment that I just decided that we're, we were going to work that into our budget and make a commitment because it was more than just learning to dance. It was doing these. We used to go every Friday night. There would be a dance and dinner at Arthur Murray. And that became our major social activity mm-hmm. before COVID. And we used to go every Friday. That was kind of our set thing. It was like 300 pay. And then it was, you didn't have to be a student at that point in time. It was like 300 pesos, which is the equivalent of about 15 to $18. And that included a dinner and a class, a half hour class for the group. And then, you know, hour and a half, two hours of dancing. So we kind of got into that routine and then just decided, okay, we're going to make a long-term, I thought this is going to be a long-term commitment for us because I saw the health benefits, the mental benefits, the social benefits. And so we pay more than our friends do for classes because we're going to Arthur Murray. And that's, those are all private classes, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like climbing up the the ladder to get to the different levels. And and I really like that. I mean, I'm a little bit competitive that way, yeah. but most, <laughs> most <laughs> you're not surprised about that, right? But but most of my friends just want to go out and boogie and um, we all go out together, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. has a good time. So you don't have to be, you know, the thing about dancing is you can go for whatever level you feel like doing it. And, right. and let me tell you one story though. I have one friend that when we first started Arthur Murray and he's a doctor and he's a really very quiet guy. And he, to see him on the dance floor in the beginning, when we all were just started going there that he and his wife had just moved to um, San Miguel. He was so stiff. This guy was like, I I was like, it was a little bit at the time. I thought, wow, I don't think he's going to continue with this. He ended up loving, loving, loving dancing. It just shocked me. Mm -hmm. And his wife's mother um, had been, had owned a ballet studio in New York. They're from New York. So she grew up being like, you know, a really good ballet and dancer in general. But her husband ended up loving the dancing more than her. And he's competing all the time now. He's going yeah. to be so <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. He loves it so much. And she doesn't even go to all the performances and stuff. You know, it, it's not as big of a deal to her as him. Um, but he goes to all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I've noticed that in a lot of the classes that we've been to, usually the men are kind of reluctant and right. uh, a little stiff and, you know, my attitude was, I don't care how much I screw up. We're just here to have fun. That's so that's right. Just go ahead and try that's, it and learn it. That's the best attitude. But you know what? I have another good example here. 
Uh, another one of my friends, and this couple is Canadian, and they're only here six months a year. They're pretty good friends. And uh, she is like very, very serious. I mean, she's gone to like conferences mm-hmm. around the United States and here and performed on her, you know, not with her husband on her own. Her husband wasn't as serious, but he had a brain tumor. And um, for about a year, year and a half, he could barely walk. Uh, he was having all kinds of problems as a result of that brain tumor that he had removed. Uh, and he had it removed here, actually. And um, it occurred while he was here in Mexico and he had it done locally before they went, you know, not not when they were in Canada. A year or so later, when he started his physical therapy, he hated the physical therapy because it was so boring. Mm-hmm. And so Christy, our instructor and the owner of, of Arthur Murray, said to, you know, to his wife, well, why don't you have him come in and I can work with him and just, you know, do some really basic stuff and see if that can help him if he likes it make a long story shorter, he ended up feeling like that was the best therapy for him. Mm-hmm. And he came back and started dancing. I mean, he's at a different level as wife. So they, in performances and stuff, they perform separately. But he said that was just so much easier and more fun for him. He was motivated to go through the physical therapy, which helped him with his memory and bringing his brain back, you know, to be more active than trying to do just like boring exercises. We had an experience where uh, one of our sons, who's, you know, kind of shy, introverted, uh, was into magic cards growing up, took karate, got his uh, second degree black belt in karate, and went off to college. Been going, you know, second year or so of college. One weekend, we're asking him uh, if he was free if we came up to visit him. And he said, uh, uh, no, that weekend we're doing a competitive dance in Philadelphia. <laughs> Was that a surprise? Oh, we were just shocked. It's like we'd never seen him dance or do anything like that at all. But there had been some club at school, and he tried it out, and he found that learning the dance moves was similar to learning karate moves. Wow. And he just really enjoyed it, was doing it and dancing competitively. Competitively. You know, that's the thing. You just never can tell who's going to like it and who isn't going to like it, you know. But I think for me, it's really important, uh, like in our relationship, I actually said that I would never marry a man that wasn't willing to learn how to dance or couldn't dance. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think it was a good decision because Mike and I, it's something we've done together our whole lives, but I my best friend was a prima ballerina uh, in San Francisco and her husband like hates, hates, hates to dance. Mm -hmm. And, And she's forever frustrated because she, you know, she loves dancing, but you know, the only way she can do it is if she goes out without him. So, I mean, it's always worth it if a guy is willing to at least try because it's so important to us, most of us women. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we've we've seen places where couples are dancing and someone makes a mistake and one or one or the or both of them get angry about it. And for us, we tend to just laugh all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think your attitude is very important when you're doing something like well, that. Well, if you take formal classes, the first thing that they teach you, first of all. One of the differences I think people don't understand is when you when you're pretty serious about dancing, you want to dance with a lot of different people. And there's no stigma associated with that. Uh, it's just that, you know, the more ways you dance and the people you dance with, the better of a dancer you become. And for us as women, you know, we're supposed to be able to if it's a couple's dance, we're supposed to be able to follow anybody. And when I was first learning, like even the swing in the Bay Area, the first thing they taught us is 
you know, don't say no when somebody asks you to dance and don't ever criticize them or make them feel small. The whole thing about dancing is for people to have a good time and to feel good about it. And the last thing you want to do is in any way make people feel small or, um, you know, to make them feel bad about the fact that they're not good enough. So, you know, um, when I actually won, won a contest at Arthur Murray, we had this contest one year where we had to over a period of time dance with a lot of different people and the person who looked like the most enthusiastic no matter how who they were dancing with yeah. won the prize <laughs> <laughs> because you know if you got good music and and some of the guys were not really good dancers but they were having fun and everybody's mm-hmm. so supportive there that's why we like it because we're all totally supportive and if you do any kind of a performance, everybody just raves and says, Oh, that was so great. Even if it's like the first time you've done it and you made a lot of mistakes. Right. That's really nice. That's one of the things I really like about being in a dance community per se. What kind of uh, dance style do you find worth most challenging? Um, oh, for sure. Argentine tango. I was gonna, that was going to be my guess was tango. Yeah. But that's the one where Mike hit the wall and you know, um, when we went to Buenos Aires, I love the Argentine tango, mm-hmm. but it's very hard because it you know, uh, it you ad lib it. The men ad lib it a lot, and the women have to follow them. Right. And when we went to Buenos Aires, uh, I said to Mike because I knew he didn't really like Argentine tango. The other thing is Argentine tango. It takes a lot of form, and for people who haven't had classical dance training, it's like a lot harder to understand that. But I thought we can't go to Buenos Aires and not do some you know, tango, not take some classes, but he was very hesitant. And so I cut him a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I said, okay, let's take some private classes. And here's, here's the deal. I won't bother you. You can eat as much steak as you want. You can drink as much red wine and we can have ice cream after every class. (laughs) (laughs) You know, normally I try to keep him like not to eat too much red meat, right? You know how that goes. Well, in in Buenos Aires though, that's that's doing yourself a disservice not to try the uh, the steak. Oh, right, exactly. That's pretty much all you can get. I don't. I mean, you hardly see any seafood there. It's like steak everywhere. But what I meant was, I wouldn't bother him about it and say, "Don't eat don't more eat. steak." <laughs> steak. I wouldn't wouldn't pester him about it. But it was it was wonderful. We took private classes there, and we went to Milongas, and you know. We had a great time. It was very um, intimidating. We were very intimidated. We had to have a, every time we went to Malanga, I mean, it seems like everybody in Buenos Aires, no matter their age or their sex or whatever, they all are really good dancers. Mm-hmm. And so you go into a club and you're like so intimidated. And so we'd have to have a couple of glasses of wine first. <laughs> yeah, we saw Before. some uh, tango shows in, in Uruguay and in Buenos Aires. And we were like, you know, I can't do that. That's a- <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. And when we came back to Ambergris Key, oh, well, obviously they don't even have tango music. They hardly have any different kinds of music except the punta kind of stuff there. So there was absolutely no way we could practice it. And when we came here and started studying at Arthur Murray, I thought, well, we could, we could do that. But there were so many other different styles of dance that Mike liked better and that were agreeable to both of us that we focused on, you know, kind of more of the things we could do in clubs uh, and the things that we both enjoy. Cause there's so many different options. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't do Argentine tango. I mean, we did, they've had some dance 
Argentine uh, tango dances here and conferences. There's a there is an Argentine tango dance community here in San Miguel. But I kind of wrote that off a while ago because I think it was just definitely not something Mike was real interested in. Well, if you're new to this and thinking about trying ballroom dancing classes, is there a particular style of dance that you think is easiest for uh, beginners to pick up? Oh, geez. I'm thinking Foxtrot myself. But, but, you know, what I would think about is what dance can you do at a lot of different places? Okay. And so I would say a bachata. Do you know, do you remember what a bachata or do you know what a bachata is? You know, I was at a social event where they had like a half hour bachata lesson before the dance, but uh-huh. I forget completely. Is it similar to cha-cha? No, it's a lot easier. It's like step together, step two steps in one direction, two steps in the other direction. And then there's turns in there. It's really easy. And it, there's a lot you can do with it. And, and although it's basically a Latin dance, you can do it to a lot of modern music. And um, when we... About a year and a half ago, our uh, grandson got married and he and his wife actually got married in Los Barilas, um, Mexico, you know, close to uh, Cabo San Lucas. And the whole family came down and um, they know we're big dancers. And so our grandson said, you guys are going to have to dance, you know, like we're going to do the mother and son and, you know, the the bride and the groom. But we, right. we expect you guys to dance. And my husband was like. Oh, he he likes to dance, but he doesn't like to be the center of attention. And, you know, and they weren't going to really be. We I asked my grandson, our grandson, what kind of music are you going to play? And so he sent me like the playlist and I found a, um, you know, modern song all the young people would recognize and that they would be playing. And I said, you know, and I told our dance teacher, I said, I want to be able to I want to kind of change our bachata style to work on doing this to modern music. And she said, oh, yeah, bachata is great for that. Chacha is actually really good for that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, salsa, salsa, you have to have salsa music, but there's a lot of other, you know, modern dances that you can do chacha to, although chacha is more complicated than bachata. I love bachata. Mike, that's the one dance he never forgets the basic steps. Right. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for him, and, and he loves to do turns. So there's a lot of turns in there, but you don't have to do them. So I would say that for anybody... Uh, that w- that wants to take a class for something that they can do in a lot of different ways. Bachata is really good for somebody who um, is like really, really intimidated and wants something easy. I used to tell the guys um, when we were in California, do a Zydeco, learn how to do Zydeco. You know how Zydeco is? No, it's the dance from uh, like Cajun kind of dance, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, stomping dance yeah. kind of <laughs> Excuse my language, but you know, it's really basic Mm -hmm. and it is so much fun and it's very good exercise. And they used to have Cajun dances when we were living in uh, the East Bay in the Bay Area. There was one place that would have this great Zydeco band and they would do Zydeco dances and we would go and it was just like anybody, anybody, anybody could do that dance. And so for guys who wanted to learn to dance, but were real intimidated. I said, why don't you try to do the Zydeco? Learn that one first, because it's really easy. Have you done any polka dancing? Yes. I had, My father and I used to do the polka. <laughs> I grew up with the polka. I love the polka. It's really fast. But where do you do the polka? I mean, maybe you guys are in Ohio now, right? Uh, we're in Tennessee now. Oh, Tennessee. I mean, well, maybe they have country polka there, huh? Well, we're getting back out and traveling more. We just got back from uh, a few weeks in Europe. And actually, I was interested in your article. You had the list of places to dance in San Miguel. 
because uh, this <laughs> this spring we're going to spend a month in San Miguel. Oh, you are. Yeah, so oh. I'll, I'll have your list yes. with me so we can. <laughs> you know what the thing the thing is the venues change a lot. Right, right. So you really have to pay attention. The one the one place. Well, when are you going to be here? Because we'll pro- we'll be here in the uh, spring. Basically, the month of May. Okay. Well, we'll be here for part of May. Uh, I think we'll probably be leaving around the middle of May because it gets it's really hot here in May. So, but we're, one place you'll absolutely have to go is Zandunga, and it's out in the country. And maybe we can do that when you come. We should make a point of going since you're dancers anyway. Hmm. They mainly are doing Latin um, music and Latin dancing now, but it's a beautiful, beautiful venue out in the country where, you know, you pay one price for the food and the music and the dancing. And um, it's and you just spend the whole Sunday afternoon. That's kind of one of our favorite places, although, you know, we don't go there all the time and it's a little bit pricier and out of the way. But Trina's has been... Trina's is a small uh, restaurant cafe um, right in San Miguel that's pretty consistently been having one night a week where they do swing and one night a week where they do salsa. Mm-hmm. And it's really popular. People like it. It's There's no fee. You can eat there. They have fantastic cocktails. And we quite often meet friends there. That's one place that you can circle on that list. And the, the nice thing about Trina's is they start at 7 to 7.30 because, you know, a lot of people our age, including my husband, really don't like to um, be out a lot later than 9 to right. 9.30. <laughs> I can go till 10.30. But, um, yeah, Zandunga, those are the first two I had, Zandunga and Trina. So maybe when you come, you know, give me a heads up ahead of time and maybe we can go on Zandunga together because you would absolutely love that. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to do a little practice and brush up here, though, because COVID really uh, slowed us down as far as dancing goes. Yeah, well, once again, um, it's it places like, uh, in particular at Zandunga, some people are just doing their own thing and some people are, are doing couples dancing. You get a real mix of the levels of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, get, get into shape before, get back into practice before you come. Yeah, I'd like to point out, too, for listeners who are wondering just, you know, what the heck this has to do with international travel. I just need to point out that if you're not healthy, you're not going to be traveling very much. Oh, that's true. And this is a kind of exercise that is really easy to do, and you can do a lot of different places and have a lot of fun doing it. So it's important to really make sure that you're taking care of yourself, especially if you're going to be out and about. Like the few weeks that we just spent in Europe, I got to say it was pretty tiring. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, traveling from spot to spot and walking around and seeing all those places. You know, you you really need to build up a little bit of a stamina and a little bit of um aerobic exercise is certainly good for that. Right, right. The other thing is, you know, like um I was just looking at some of the Spanish immersions. You know, I'm a big proponent of Spanish immersions. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Spanish immersion programs include an option to do dance classes on the side. And most of them, you know, since it's Spanish, it's typically salsa. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been to Cuernavaca a couple of times now, and um, I'm looking at like maybe Oaxaca or Mexico City to do an immersion at one of those places or both in the future. And they offer Latin dances and going out dancing, you know, with other students uh, in the class. And I think that's really cool. You know, I mean, these kinds of programs, they offer like you can do cooking classes or you can do tours or you can do dance classes and almost all of the Spanish immersion programs typically offer the option to take salsa classes. 
Well, it's just another way of appreciating the culture where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's big. I mean, you know, Latin dancing is a uh, um, salsa. It's, it's just, it's fun. It's energetic and live bands. It's just, it's a nice way to see different parts of the, of, um, you know, the Latin culture. It's a little bit different, but almost every Latin country, whether it's, you know, um, South America, Central America, uh, Mexico, or, um, you know, Spain and, and the other countries in, in uh, Europe, I mean, they all love dancing and a lot of them do salsa there too. We've been talking about the benefits of dancing for us older folks with Ann Kuffner from her article, The Exercise That Staves Off Dementia and Alzheimer's. You can find it in the October 2023 issue of International Living Magazine. Ann, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today, and maybe we'll see you on the dance floor in San Miguel this spring. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. I'm going to hold you to it. The International Living Podcast is a production of International Living. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. If you have an idea for an episode or a question you'd like us to answer, email us at mailbag at internationalliving.com. And don't forget to put podcast in the subject line of your email. That's mailbag at internationalliving.com. We created the International Living Podcast to help showcase the ideas we explore in the magazine and our other publications each month, and to grow our community of travel lovers, expats, and experts who believe as we do, that the world is full of opportunity to create a more interesting, more international life. You don't have to be rich or famous to do that, you just need to know the secrets, and that's what we bring you at International Living. If you haven't become a member yet, you can do it today with a special discount offer for podcast listeners. You'll receive our monthly magazine plus a bundle of special extras. You'll find the link in our show notes, or you can go to intliving.com slash podcast. That's intliving.com slash podcast. Be sure to join us next week as we start our second year of the podcast. And until then, this is Jim Santos for International Living reminding you there's a bigger, better world out there just waiting for you.